Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. All right, I know you want to get to the podcast, so I'm going to keep this short. Opera Box Score needs your donation to retain its title as America's talk radio show about opera. You can give on our website, operaboxscore.com slash donate. When you throw even 10 bucks our way, it helps us promote the show to more listeners. Just 20 bucks helps cover our website costs. Chip in 50 bucks and we can pay to wax Tobias's back. But for real, please consider a donation of any amount to help us continue to bring you our hot takes on everything opera-related. Operaboxscore.com slash donate. Enjoy the podcast. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks for joining us for America's Talk radio show about opera, period. I'm your host, George Cedarquist, joined this week by co-hosts Oliver Camacho and Dinah Fisher. We are live on WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, streaming live on WNUR.org slash pop-up, and available as a podcast from wherever you get your audio. 847-866-WNUR is the number in studio. Hey, be one of our listeners who gets to have their say on air. Call us, 847 866 9687. Or leave us a message on 224-2189-BOX. That's 224-218-9269. All right, on the show tonight, we preview the fifth annual Prototype Festival in New York City, which brings the best of new opera theater and music theater to the public. Stick around to learn more about this unique festival and get our picks on what to watch. At 9.20, our opera pop quiz returns to the show. This time, it's one of these things is not like the other. Oliver and Dinah team up to take on my questions, and you can play at home, too. Of course, you get all your opera headlines and our hot takes on them in the two-minute drill. That's in 40 minutes. Right now, let me say hello to Oliver Camacho. How you doing? Happy New Year for all of you who missed our show last week. Good to see you, Oliver. What were you doing last week? What was I doing No, you audience members who weren't listening. Oh, it was rhetorical. They were they were getting over their hangover. Okay, <laughs> we were all a little off last week. I felt agreed. Uh, well, Dinah, you weren't even yourself. <laughs> well, uh, um, I think we were just sad about Toby about to leave. That's what it was. Yeah, know? that's that's definitely what it was. No, I mean for me, it was just we actually started school on January second, which was like super fast and awkward. This is Dinah Fisher, by the way. Oh talking. yeah, hi. hi. Hi, it's me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I have really pink hair to celebrate the New Year because we need some... It looks great on radio, Dinah. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. school has started for you yeah. down at DePaul, Dinah. Yep. And how's that? Well, it was the first week, so nothing nothing horrible has happened yet. No, Don't I'm kidding. Don't sound too excited. Um, yeah, we're just getting ready. We're doing Swore Angelica in March yeah. with Johnny Skiki. So, okay. you know, and and here at Northwestern, they're doing Dialogues of the Carmelites. So it's Battle the, the big conservatories. Yeah. yeah. Battle none versus the none. You know? But I feel like if you're at a school of music, I mean, that is the show that you're going to do. Because Which of one? The, because Swore? of all the ladies. Well, I, either of oh, okay. those. Frankly. Yeah, it's probably because there's so many women. Yeah. <laughs> That's really it. Just a <laughs> then there's those countertenors taking over. Yeah, no. <laughs> Can't trust them. Countertenors. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, well, life is good in the Cedarquist household. Uh, we went back to school today. Oh, Kids your son lost school. his teeth. Yes, my son lost both of his front teeth oh, a day kid. apart. Poor so kid. Oh, he's so cute. And now he, like, you ask him to say the word theater, and he mm. can't do it. He couldn't say that before, anyway. <laughs> um, you know, TH is one of the hardest sounds. It really is. And I think they're going to get rid of it eventually. Who's they? 
you know, like Trump. <laughs> Trump <laughs> Trump's gonna get rid of the th yeah. sound. He's gonna, yeah. He's gonna pass. Oh my lord! So no one's gonna be able to say the word the. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I we're going to lose definite articles. It's one of those sounds that we make a lot in English, but in other languages, they don't. Well, have the Germans, solution. they can't do oh, it. Oh, right? the French. They say also, yeah. Oh, yeah, the poor the French, French, yeah. As well. As well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, just really quick in Sportsland, the National College Football Championship is tonight. Alabama taking on Crimson. We can, I'll, keep you, I'll try and keep you updated on that. It's not a huge game. I'm not really that into it. I mean, it's the National Championship. That's a big deal, but those two teams, uh, not, not so big into. Hey, uh, shall we talk some opera? Oh, you're, you're done talking about sports? Uh, that's all, okay. that's all like I really have. I fell asleep for a second. It's like, and Oliver sleeping. Let's, let's, do some, let's do some Chalk Talk. Chalk Talk on Opera Box Score. 89.3 FM WNUR, Opera Box Score is here. All right. Last five years, the Prototype Festival in New York City has presented the very best of new opera theater and music theater. This year is no different. Running through this weekend with a full slate of world premieres, New York premieres, and general wackiness, this is definitely the place to be in opera land right now. Now, I will openly admit that I've never seen a show at the prototype it is on the bucket list uh but i do know the two women who run the festival it's created by beth morrison along with kim whitener just lovely women actually there was a really great article uh on npr about beth morrison uh it was about it was like woman runs opera empire from her two-bedroom apartment did you see that oliver mm -mm. <laughs> Check it no, out. I don't have the Google alert on women's bedrooms. So. Yeah. I yeah. think actually my Google settings are uh, canceling out anything with women in bedroom in the same <laughs> subject. You know, you know uh, what? Me too. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, post, I'll post on the website. It's a great article about her. There have been some, some big successes in the past couple of years. If you know the opera Paul's Case by Gregory Spears, that is a product oh. of the Prototype Festival. Also, Sumeda's Song by oh, yeah. um, Mahmoud Farouz was also Which started. Third Eye Theater Ensemble presented. Here in Chicago. That's exactly right. No. So these shows are being premiered at the Prototype Festival, usually curated by Beth Morrison, who's hunting down composers and librettists, having this festival premiere the works, and then they tend to go on to... Uh, I'm not going to say bigger or better things, but certainly just more things in general. You know, those are both shows that, that made yeah. it. Um, we've come full circle. This like, it really feels like we've been doing this for at least a year. We know it's been longer, but because we talked about Prototype show. when I was yeah. still new yeah. on this show. Yeah. And uh, I had never heard of it. I thought you guys were making something up. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like oh. the fifth year. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, everybody knows who listens to, to my other show or listen to my other show that yeah. I don't know anything about contemporary music. Yeah. I'm, you yeah. know, that's like, why we love you though. Yeah. Like if it's after 1750, it's new music for me you know so, love it yeah. well this i mean th i think this would be a great thing for you to check out uh well oliver do you want to go first actually we've all researched a couple of the pieces that are being presented and i wonder if um oliver you want to talk us through sure one. well i i saw this show that's going to be premiering oh it's actually already over <laughs> um it was called matahari uh based on the life of the famous courtesan slash spy who was assassinated. Ooh, that's uh, exotic. Yeah, Matahari. Um, this is uh, a piece by a composer named Matt Marks with the libretto by Paul Pierce, who also happened to be the stage director for this production, uh, using electroacoustic instrumentation, so-called mixed vocal styles, and manipulated video design. 
Um, the composer, Matt Marks, is not really known for like serious work. He's more uh-huh. like a, a musical comedian. I guess that's what I've read about him. And uh, Paul Pierce uh, has uh, done theater, musical theater, opera. He's uh, known for some of his work with Boston Broke, where he um, staged, I think, Amadigi de Gaula. Um, so, yeah, there's some good material here. We actually have a little clip. Um, this, I mean, this music doesn't sound that operatic to me. It mm-hmm. sounds kind of more experimental. Uh, but let's let's hear, listen to a, like a minute of it and see what we think. This is actually from, I think, a rehearsal or for, from um, like a development period. It, it, it's not from the actual production, but it's like when they were trying to hash it out, like what, what they recorded. I mean, so, it, it is experimental, and, I, and yeah. that's the whole point. It right? was getting yeah. fun. Prototype. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, so, <laughs> what's cool about the prototype <laughs> website is that they give a chance for the composers to like basically put up program notes. And um, Mar- Matt Mark's artist statement for this uh, piece begins: uh, "Matahari might be my first serious opera theater piece, and I mean that like twenty percent in terms of scope and eighty percent in tone." There's something daunting about going from writing works with heavy humor, irony, and bombast to an earnest character study about a widely recognized historical figure, someone whose personality was so extraordinary as to make my own musical excesses seem dull in comparison. Uh, I also have an allergy to modern operas that telegraph seriousness to all their audiences, like every moment is weighted with megatons of cruciality. Matahari was not a terribly serious person. She was a scandalous, exotic dancer, courtesan, who created a fictionalized foreign persona and he goes on but that's one thing i appreciate about him like he is trying to bring some levity you know mm-hmm. bring some humor and maybe i if i saw this piece i might you know have more to say about it but um generally i do feel like the 20th century opera 21st century operas are so serious all the time you know and i love a little comedy that's why i thought that um hilliard and Barese's dark dark filthy habit mm-hmm. was great because uh it was a comedy it really was a comedy you know and i think that when you look at the prototype program as a whole this year this is definitely the outlier in that more sort of comic or light-hearted vein because a lot of these other pieces are are serious dark uh, dare i say maudlin mm-hmm. and you, uh, you dare you did I, it I, you didn't dare dude, you actually I, said it so, I, yeah. I dared to tread okay where eagles dare and <laughs> uh, so i uh, I, I would love to see that piece. So it's about a woman, She's... but as a man is singing it. There's a lot of people in the Okay, cast. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. just... Okay. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Opera Box Score on 89.3 FM, WNUR. It's over anyway. Oh, so well, then. Yeah, it already happened. As well, we speak, then, it's done. So. We're talking about the Prototype Festival. If you've been, let us know, or if you're there right if now. If you saw Matahari and you had a laugh. 
Give us a tweet <laughs> at Opera Box Score. Yeah. Dinah, what was the show that piqued your interest and that you were researching a little bit? Well, I wanted to say thank you first because I didn't know about this. Good. Uh, Next year, year, when when yeah. we do this show, prototype. 6.0. You'd yeah. be like, my God, I've been here a year. Yeah, so thank <laughs> you. It's thank the you. third <laughs> annual Opera Box Score celebration of the sixth <laughs> annual Prototype Festival. So, like, uh, it didn't really nice. exist until we talked about it. So. Real. So thanks. Um, it was really cool to kind of dive into their website and kind of uh, research some of these artists that I have no concept of whatsoever. So, um, well, mine is called Funeral Doom Spiritual, which oh, is must complete... be really fun. <laughs> it's not. Um, so at first I saw the title and I was like, oh my gosh, what could this possibly be? But it's actually, so here, I'll give a little bit of a rundown here. Uh, Funeral Doom Spiritual is a song of mourning for what Anthony Paul Farley calls the motionless movement of death through slavery, segregation, and neo-segregation. This new monodrama composed by M. Lamar and Hunter Hunt Hendricks draws on themes of apocalypse, end times, and rapture found in Negro spirituals, what Lamar calls doom spirituals. It explores radical historical expressions and futuristic longings for destruction of the white supremacist world order. So to say the least, um, I found myself uh, in a very present, I don't know, I was very present when I was looking and listening to this music. Um, the artist M. Lamar gave like an artist statement um, in a video and uh, he's dressed all in black. He has black lipstick, black eyeshadow, um, really long hair. And <laughs> so he's, so let's, so let's talk about him a little bit. He's a countertenor, classically nice. trained. Nice. Um, and he still studies right now. So he's still, uh, he continues to study classical music and bel canto technique with Iris Sif. Um, but he's like really into metal and performance and video sculpture installation. For those of you who don't know, I mean to interrupt. Iris Sif is the uh, color commentator on the Met broadcast for the past couple of years, um, and he used to have his own opera company of uh, crossdressers. Is that the right way to say that? I, I, that's really I'm yeah, too yeah, old. That's, fine. that's super fun. Yeah. Um, all right, so Lamar holds a BFA. I just a little bit of background on this person. I feel like you need to know who this guy is before we kind of dive into what his music is about. Um, he holds a BFA from the San Francisco Art Institute and attended Yale School of Art sculpture program, and he dropped out to pursue music, of course. So, so he took these spirituals and turned it into this intense visual, spiritual, musical kind of experience um and he has a librettist and there's other instrumentalists that are on stage with him um there's strings and electronics and he has a costume designer so it's you know (laughs) it's a a full-fledged situation but But I I kind of went into it and I listened to it and I had to like I had to force myself to listen to it for a little bit well let's take a little listen yeah let's take a little listen uh, we've got a clip here. It's it's it from it's one of the numbers from the show. Yeah, one of the pieces that inspired. It's, and it, it's think, a right? spiritual that he has remade in his own way. He sculpted it.
I mean, you can hear that sort of spiritual chord progression underneath in the piano, but on top of that is all this like electroacoustic junk. And I'm not saying it's junk because it's bad. I'm saying it because it's complexifying the texture. Yeah, I, I I mean, I don't know who else would want to sing this thing. <laughs> like Maybe Kathleen Battle, when she returns to the Met, she'll do a one-woman show and she'll do right. Funeral Doom, the spiritual. It's, so I have a quote um, that kind of, I think, kind of embodies who he, who he is as a person. When we are talking about his art, Lamar is an intellectual powerhouse, but his work is informed by that thinking, not constrained by it. It is as emotional as it is thoughtful. And I think that is, as an artist, I, I was watching it more and more. And I have such respect for people that kind of wear their hearts on their sleeves like this to put these songs out and put their own spin on it <clears throat> for an audience that might not understand what it means to sing these songs or to hear those songs. Oh, I feel like the weirder the better. With Prototype Festival, it's like the more bizarro poop you can put in, into your show <laughs> the the bigger your audience is gonna be and like it's yeah. very serious yeah. like you know he's a very serious artist and i think that is that's totally commendable there yeah. is there is a fair amount of bizarro stuff i was researching i mean i want to see all these shows you know uh here's a show called anatomy theater which is inspired by actual medical texts and it follows the uh dissection of this uh, dead body for curious onlookers. That show premiered at LA Opera and now is at Prototype. Uh, there's a opera called Revelation 23, which is about the end of the earth. Uh, it's directed by Mark Straczynski, who's at West Edge Opera out in Oakland. Fantastic director. There's a piece called Secondary Dominance uh, by Sarah Small, who is, quote, a master of sonic moving images, a multi-genre artist and the creator of the, of the Delirium Constructions. I can't describe this piece. I'm just going to put a link to it on the website, and I'm going to leave it that. I guarantee you, you've never seen anything like this style that she has created, which is called Tableau Vivant. It's Which one is this? It's called Secondary Dominance. Okay. But the piece that I am the most interested in is actually an opera that started at Opera Philadelphia, uh, which is called Breaking the Waves. Uh, the composer is Missy Mazzoli. The librettist is Royce Vavrek, directed by James Dara. It's based on the film by Lars von Trier. Uh, started at Opera Philadelphia and has now moved to New York for prototype, I think basically to give more people access to the piece who might have missed it in Philadelphia. You know, um, and, and by the way, all these events are like 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It was amazing. Breaking the Waves is maybe a little bit more because it's being done at the Scribble Center at NYU, so it's in a bigger venue. The main venue for Prototype, uh, which is called Here, is like 100 people. I mean, it's tiny, you know. That's awesome. Uh, let's just listen really quickly just to a little bit of Breaking the Waves before the break.
You know, you know you're in a place of experimental opera when Missy Mazzoli is the most tonal composer that you've heard so all Yeah, cool. she's like the mainstream person at yeah, this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, good. I mean, um, this opera already has been seen and produced and people love it. It's gotten great reviews. Yeah. So it is really the centerpiece probably of this prototype festival. But in a way, prototype... I was thinking about because I watch Project One Way still. I'm not mm-hmm. embarrassed to say this. Um, is that on Bravo? What, what, no, is that it's not. On? It's been on Lifetime it's for on Lifetime like a for decade it. now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's the avant garde, you know. It's the couture, you know, and it's not wearable, you know. But you get ideas from it, and there are elements of these pieces that can be developed for more mainstream opera, you know. Oliver, you're absolutely right. That is why haute couture exists, and I think in a way that's why prototype exists, is to really push the envelope so that when we get down into the trenches, you know, into some of the smaller companies, they're going to pull it back a little bit. They get inspired by this festival, and then they can start to... Uh, withdraw just a little bit and package operas or create operas that are perhaps a little bit more palatable for yeah, some of their own and they own see audiences. like what these designers and what these lighting and costume, whatever, oh, that was a really good idea, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Maybe not so much the singing, but, you know. Prototype Festival is <laughs> running through the end of the week. Check Harsh. it out if you can. Let <laughs> us know if you've seen some stuff, if you're going to be there at the show's tweet us at Opera Box Score. We're going to step aside and come right back with uh, Pop Quiz. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this. Breaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer lasting energy star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for all of us. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Dinah Fisher. Pop quiz. Oh, boy. Back here on oh boy. WNUR 89.3 FM, George Cedarquist with Oliver Camacho. Hello, everybody. And with Dinah Fisher. Hello. It's been a while since we've done a pop quiz. I know. We haven't done a TKO in like a year. I know. I know. We want to get TKO back on the show Mm -hmm. as well very, very badly. Dinah doesn't even know what that is, do you? 
Uh, well, Hayes, you know, well, I've Hayes listened to all the shows. <laughs> okay. I've listened to all the podcasts okay. before I came on my first time. So that was a pop quiz about TKO, Oliver. That was very, <laughs> yes, that that's was very it. strange. Next segment. <laughs> so, so here was a here was a little sound clip I came across when I was putting this um, putting this pop quiz together. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? <laughs> My kids don't even watch Sesame Street. They watch Pokemon. They, we, the kids watch different stuff nowadays. That's so fun, though. Uh, but yeah, one of these things is not like the other. Here's the, how it's going to work. You guys play as a team together. Oh, my God. All right? I give you four things and all you got to do is tell me which one doesn't belong so for example Rheingold Siegfried Tannhäuser and Valkyra Tannhäuser and just tell me why because it's not part of the ring cycle exactly <laughs> what Great. could be easier here we go Rosenkavalier Elektra Flatermouse Zalame oh come on <laughs> do you want to take that one Dinah no you can do it you got um, it Flatermouse is by Johann Strauss Jr. boom yep. got it here we go number two Vankarayan, Gardner, Bonning, Davis. Oh, I don't know this. Vankarayan, Gardner, Bonning, and Davis. Oh, dear. It just got really hard. Because <laughs> you, your brain works in a Wait, way what? that this, they're all conductors. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's uh, me. Let's see. One corner. of them must be alive then. Uh, <laughs> Vankarayan, Bonning, Davis. And what was the other one? Gardner. 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 Gardner's alive. Uh, no, Richard Bonding is alive, and Sir Andrew Davis is alive as well. Oh, so oh. okay, Colin Davis. You, there's, Colin Davis is dead. So uh, okay, but it, in this case, it wouldn't. Matter. Oh, maybe their nationality is what it is. Okay, exactly. so Von Karajan mm. is uh, Austrian. Yeah, it, yeah, okay. you're, you're close. He's the only non-native English. Speaker. Oh, I see. That was easy. Okay, that, that no, <laughs> we that, overthought that. that so no, 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 no. <laughs> Your <laughs> logic is so wrong for a quiz. How is anybody supposed to get that was the relationship or the non-relationship? Well, you, but you got it, man. You were like, one of them is Austrian. Like... And it's a very small leap from that to, like, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> Just throw up his head. Oliver, Oliver's going to throw You're his headset down. You're the worst. Okay, what's next? What's next? There what's we next? go. Fliegender Hollander. HMS Pinafore. Breaking the Waves. Billy Budd. So they're all like water so operas or like sea operas. So except. Fliegender Fli Hollander, HMS Pinafore, Breaking, oh, Breaking the Waves. Can you tell me why? I don't know. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but it's about, it's a movie about, I mean, it's an opera about sex. It's not about being on a boat. So. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. You got it right. Breaking, I guess the waves oh. must be lady parts or something because I don't know. Ew. Here we I go. <laughs> Guys, ew. So You're, far, don't so far you? you're a woman. <laughs> You should be like, yeah. Lady parts are like lady waves. Parts. <laughs> yeah, lady parts. <laughs> <laughs> Number oh, four. Nozze di Figaro, Don Giovanni, La Clemenza di Tito, Così fan tutte. Okay, well, these are all Mozart operas. Yeah. Why? Why? Because it's not... <laughs> I don't want to sound stupid. It's not what? It's not the De Ponte. Yeah, it's not part of the so. De Ponte. Boom. Got it. Okay, I was right. You guys really are overthinking this. You're, you're four I really for four. I really am. Il Tabaro, Turandot, Suor Angelica, Johnny Skiki. You can do that one. Wait, wait, can you? Sorry. <laughs> wait, wait, put her on the spot. On. Sorry. <laughs> wait, what was it? Repeat it. Sorry. Il Tabaro, okay. Turandot, Suor Angelica, Johnny Skiki. Which one doesn't belong? Mm -hmm. One of these things is not like the other. It's Turandot. Do you know why? Because it's not part of the. 
part of the what? Critico. The Tritico, exactly. Yeah. Way to go. You guys are doing great. We're half, uh, no, I got a dozen, so we're almost halfway through. All right, this one, we'll see. Deutsche Oper, Theater am Gärtnerplatz, Komischer Oper. Drink, everybody. <laughs> Staatsoper unter den Linden. Oh, my God. Okay, Staatsoper unter den Linden is in uh, Vienna. Uh, and then the first three were in Germany? Uh, you're, you're okay. You're thinking on the right lines, okay. but you've got your wires crossed a little bit. Okay, say them again, because I was like, it's hard to hard yeah. to parse, isn't it? Yeah. Deutsche Oper. Yeah, German. Theater am Gärtnerplatz. Sounds German. Sounds German. <laughs> Komische Oper. German. Staatsoper Unter den Linden. Oh, I guess they're all in Berlin except for that one. Yeah. So. Oh. Except well, except for Vienna. Uh, Staatsoper and is in Berlin. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. so one yeah. of those isn't is yeah. the Garden Plots yes. one. Or? Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've never been to these opera houses. I've no I haven't idea, either. A credit so. where credit is due, Oliver. Yeah. That was very impressive to watch you kind of go through that. Uh, yes, no, Theater am Gärtnerplatz is in Munich. Okay, the oh. other three are in Berlin. Yes, that's fine. I've been I've been to all of them <laughs> many of times. Drink, yeah. drink, 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 drink. Why don't I bring? Here we go. All right, okay, Carmen. Norma, Siegfried, the Magic Flute. They're not doing Siegfried at the Lyric Opera this year. Got it. Right off the yeah. thing. Wow, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. This guy's unstoppable. There are other yeah. relationships amongst these shows that probably but would But that was them. like the most obvious one, and that's yeah. not what I was yeah. thinking about at all. Okay. It's uh, the pop quiz on Opera Box Score, by the way, on WNUR 89.3 FM. Uh, I wrote the questions, Oliver and Dinah. So far, uh, I mean, you're basically seven for seven, which is pretty good. If You can play along at home. Yeah. And give us a call if you want to play <laughs> on the please air. give us your comments about how bad these quizzes are. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, always, you always complain about the quizzes, man. Well, they're not set up in a way that is easy for anybody who doesn't, like, really know how to answer you know which quiz i really liked is you guys have to know you (laughs) you guys did like a like a like a reduced version of opera overtures and like like a pianist oliver oliver complained about that oh i like that one Oh, well, okay. because they weren't. Well, we'll talk about it. I, time. I understand we'll, we'll why talk about you it complain. So, yeah. I understand this, but I thought <laughs> because it was they cool. weren't actually piano vocal. I, know. I mean, they weren't piano scores of, or they were like transcriptions of, or something like that. So yeah, but it was fun. I, I mixed my drinks on that one yeah. a little bit. You know, it was grain and grape, yeah. as they used to say in boarding school. Uh, here we go, number eight, Sonambula, L'Elysir d'Amore, Fille du Regiment, Rita. So Sonambula is by Bellini and the rest are by Donizetti. Got I'm it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on no, you. That's, okay. that's no, man, really you know it down totally cold. Totally okay. fine. I'm, yeah. All right. <laughs> Von Otter, Schwarzkopf, Stemme, Damrau. Would you like to say Yeah, yeah. Let, let Dinah do this one. Wait, the first one. <laughs> sorry. Mm. Von no. Otter, yeah. Schwarzkopf, Stemme, and Damrau. Wasn't it Von Otter? Because she's a mezzo. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Right. No, was... it's not because she's a mezzo. Is that what what you had? That's Just, what I had. Oh, oh my gosh! What, is there another connection that well, I? Well, that she's Swedish and the rest are German. Or uh, no, Nina Stemme is also Swedish. Oh, really? Okay. I thought she was German. Okay. I would have made that mistake. Oh wow! Actually, I okay. didn't know she was Swedish either. Yeah. Well, there we go. We all learned something today. Yeah. Number ten. This is going to be another like inside the mind of George. <laughs> La Donna del Lago, Macbeth, Lucia di Lammermoor, La Boheme. Um, uh, well, Scotland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah. What? laughs> 
You know oh, me too okay. well. Okay, okay wait, wait. wait so I just knew Scotland was a connection. Those some of those operas. What are the operas again? La Donna del Lago. Okay, Scotland, which is based on the Walter Scott yeah. novel right. Macbeth. What, right. Lucia di La Memoir. Yeah. Right. And then I had to come up with a fourth one. So you that, said both. So I, well, because it's in Paris. Uh, Okay. I mean, okay. I guess I could have okay. picked something that okay. like took okay. place in Wales to make yeah. it harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Irelanders like that. Ireland. Yeah. Oh, an Irish opera, Riders to the Sea by um, Vaughn Williams. That's a good Irish opera. There you go. Gross. Inside the Minor George Cedar Christmas. All right, here we go. Aida. Egypt. Rigoletto. Verdi. La Traviata. Verdi. Simone Bocanegra. Verdi. Okay. Oh. So Aida is the li- one that's latest in his career. Simone Bocanegra is earliest in that. Uh, isn't it? Wait, yeah, then Rigoletto and, and then Rigoletto and Traviata middle period. Is that what? Is that what? So I'm thinking you're thinking Aida is the late one. So you're, is that you're your outlier? I, Aida is the outlier. That's no. not the reason I had though. And you'd have to. This isn't like in the mind of George. You'd really have to know your stuff on very. Oh, where they were premiered. Lo- okay, oh. so Venice yes. or yes. like okay. Yes. Um, okay. So Aida was premiered in. Someplace big, Paris? No, not Paris. Like it was premiered someplace. It's it's so obvious. It's dumb. Are we in Verona premiered. or something like that? Or Egypt? It was premiered. In Egypt. It was oh, done yeah. in was Cairo. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, okay. When I didn't I went, know that. When I went to Cairo in two thousand nine, I went to the um, I went to the opera house. I didn't see okay. the show. I just I, I saw think I got that wrong. House. I think Simone Bocconer comes after Traviata, so I'm gonna. But I had nothing I to do with, with that. that one, You're gonna so. do a retraction. Yeah, I'm retracting that right now. Thank I know, you. I think Rigoletto and, and Traviata are earlier than Bocanegra, but I could be wrong. So, uh, last one here: Adams, Glass, Barber, Floyd. Adams, Glass, Barber, Floyd. Adams, Glass, Barber, Floyd. They're all American. They're all American. <laughs> hmm They're all alive. Oh, Barber's dead. So, so that's it. Okay. Is that really? Oh, yeah. Samuel Barber is dead. The other three. <laughs> Samuel are... Barber is dead. Yes, yes, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Yes. Oh no, that's Samuel Barber. He, Amber, of, so. he of uh, <laughs> he of Vanessa fame. Yeah. Yep. Must the winter okay. come so soon? Must Dinah, it? have you have you done that oh, number? Yes. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> the the oh, mezzo okay. soprano just, national anthem. Just going back to the first question, the second question. When you give like last names of conductors, yes. keep in mind that there may be more than one conductor that has the same last I, name. I uh, duly noted okay. that <laughs> that is a reasonable complaint. Okay. Yes. Uh, but here's the thing about about quizzes. I love Jeopardy and I yeah. love crosswords okay, and I love then why trivia. Why don't we uh, do it in like Jeopardy? Who is? What is? Well, we could do that, I suppose. But here's the thing: is like it's not the answers that are the hard part; it's the way the question is asked. Do you know what I mean? And so when I put these quizzes together, and I'd love to have one of you guys do it. Frankly, I'd love to have a listener do one of them. Actually, Kenny, one of our listeners out in Flint, Michigan, he did an opera quiz for us, which was nice. Yeah, he's done a That was a hard one. I remember that. Do you remember that one? It was hard. Yeah, it was like all the modern opera stuff. Yeah, Giovanna was like freaking out because she didn't know anything. Giovanna tanked, man. (laughs) Yeah, she absolutely tanked. Girl, I feel for you. Exactly. This is hard. (laughs) Uh, Well, hey, send us your quiz questions if you got them. At Opera Box Score is, is the Twitter Actually handle. Actually, send us a dozen quiz questions with multiple choice and sound clips if you have them. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we should I think we should do some sound clips. And make sure you ask permission from whoever you got the sound clips from. Agreed. Exactly, <laughs> like we did for the previous. <laughs> for the Sesame Street. From Sesame Street, <laughs> exactly. yeah, we got the reach to that. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's Opera Box Score on 89.3 WNUR-FM. We're going to step aside for a second. We're going to come back with the two-minute drill. See you then. From Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this.
but nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7, I shower. Every day I wake up at 5. For those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I don't believe it. My savings are gone. Okay, think. Where'd you have them last? I was home, then I spent them on that vacation in this tiny suit of armor. Now they're gone. Weird. Weird? Not really. Not saving now means no money later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Oh, I broke his little gauntlet. Oh, no. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Dinah Fisher. This just in, the two-minute drill. Time now for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes or less. Leonard Bernstein's Candide, directed by Harold Prince, has opened at New York City Opera. General Director Michael Capasso said, quote, Ever since Harold Prince adapted it for New York City Opera in 1982, Bernstein's Candide has been an audience favorite and remains the most successful show in the company's history. Former NFL player Tau Pupua will sing the lead roles in Cavalleria Rusticana and Pagliacci at Cedar Rapids Opera Theater this month. Daniel Kleinknecht, the opera's founder and conductor, said of the tenor who was born in Tonga, he's a very large man. He might be the largest voice person I've ever heard in my entire life. Over to Europe, Sven Mueller, who succeeded Keith Warner as artistic director of the Royal Opera in Copenhagen, has resigned over the same issue, government cuts. When Pierre Audi steps down in 2019 as director of Dutch National Opera, he will fulfill a career-long dream of staging segments from Karl-Heinz Stockhausen's seven-day opera title titled Licht. Some audience members are circulating a petition against it. Last week on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, coloratura soprano Pretty Yende performed the Cavatina to Una Voce Poco Fa from Rossini's Barber of Seville, which is a role she's currently rehearsing at the Metropolitan Opera. Over to the fake disabled list, Turkish tenor Mert Sungu has walked out of Bologna's upcoming production of Die Entführung aus dem Zerail. He accused the director Martin Couchet of causing, quote, a blemish to the dignity of a nation. On to the real disabled list. Conductor Ricardo Chailly has canceled at the Berlin Philharmonic due to illness. Marek Dinkowski will take over three performances of the Verdi Requiem. And finally, off the disabled left German tenor, Jonas Kaufmann tells the Italian newspaper Corriere della Sera that he's ready to return to singing after a four-month break caused by bleeding on his vocal cords. He expects to appear as Lohengrin in Paris in January. Dang. That's a lot. <laughs> that, 
Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. We do have a few extra minutes, which is great. It's Opera Box Score on 89.3 FM WNUR. George Cedarquist, your host here, along with Oliver Camacho. That's me. And with Dinah Fisher. That's also me. And DJ Joe just walked in. And he DJ got Joe, he's on. Hi, in, he's on in twenty you. minutes. You want to stick yeah. around for him? How big a deal is it that New York City Opera is doing Candide again? Well, that harkens back to their history, and I think that a lot of people were excited to see New York City Opera do a piece that only New York City Opera could really do. Met would never do that, you know? right? Yeah. But the reviews are horrible for this show. Like, do you know why they're horrible? What's The, the com- production the is very old-fashioned, yeah. and the singing, supposedly, was not that yeah. good. So. Look, Harold Prince is a great director. At this point in his career, and I'm not going to be the only one to say this, he is rehashing what he's already done. I don't know the last time was when he did like a truly new production. Please, someone correct me if I'm wrong about that. I think it's a poor choice of director, and I think it's a poor choice of repertoire. You think Candy was a bad choice? I don't know why you would reinvent the wheel. I don't know why. I understand the connection to the company's history. I think there's other Bernstein operas that you can do. I think there's other operas that are American classics in that same level of Bernstein that that company should program. And I, I don't so, have a problem so I don't with, get the with them doing Candy at all. I think that, you know... If, for a company like New York City Opera, it's like bread and butter, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, just the execution, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's you got to for, can't forget that you have to get good singers and you have to spend. I think time that's the thing. If you're gonna re- or like if you're gonna do a show like Candide, you got to do the show. You know, <laughs> it has to be good. Like yeah. one, it has to be one hundred percent. And the show is so evenly spread upon, up, uh, across all those roles, mm-hmm. right? Candide, Cunegonda. Um, the old lady, the old lady Pangloss. Pangloss. If there's a weak link in there, man, it's yeah. a really long, tiresome evening. <laughs> Agreed. That was my first like role in undergrad. Was I was the old lady in Candide? I bet you were marvelous, Dinah. <laughs> it was hilarious. I had a big butt. I am easily and a crazy wig. Oh, it was so much. Fun. Good for you. And fun. now you just have pink hair. And now I just have pink hair for funsies. So, uh, how about this football player from Tonga? I like this just because it was like a sports thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, those, are of, those are the types of stories that we need to be doing here in Opera Box for. All stories like that. <laughs> just athletes and becoming opera. Becoming opera singers. Exactly, or, or singers becoming athletes or something like that, you know. When does that happen? I'm kidding. Um, well, we had that one guy, the football, current football player, who likes saying Ave Maria. Like, oh, yeah, that was cute. Really good-looking guy, yeah. dark hair, sweet. look good in a suit, high cheekbones, really beautiful hands. Great. All those things oh, that I didn't notice. Great. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a couple of footnotes to this great. story. <laughs> there's a couple of footnotes to this story when you read a little bit more into it. First of all, this guy was he was a defensive end for the Cleveland Browns in the mid-90s. It's like he a house. Was, he was on a nothing team at a nothing part of that wow. team's history. We just lost all of our listeners. In, in a nothing position. And Dude, we had there is no one in Cleveland. We had no listeners. Okay. In and also the singers from New York City Opera Candide also stopped listening a second ago. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but this is what I like about this story is that it actually makes sense to me for once that a sports player, specifically a football player would go into opera and Klein connects quote about like, this guy has got a big body and a big voice, a big chest cavity. He might be the largest voice person I've ever heard in my entire life is the quote. That really makes sense to me. He's huge. He's like, I saw a photo of him sitting next to like a, he was like on a show, a TV show. 
<laughs> like the poor woman that was sitting next to him was like dwarfed. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah. Enormous. The other yeah. footnote I'm on this. I'm not sure if, by the way, if size, physical size is like direct correlation to size of voice. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Mm. There is sort of the idea of like no. the teacup soprano, right? Yeah. Like Natalie Desay is kind of the quintessential teacup soprano. Teeny little lady, but obviously has a, a voice that's plenty big enough. Well, that projects. Well. But I don't know if she's the right person to maybe draw. maybe yeah. you have a better, yeah. better well no, I'm, i mean i'm just saying that if there is this misconception i think that because you're gigantic that your voice is going to be gigantic yeah there might be some relationship but i don't think it's you i mean ha- you have to be big joan to sutherland have. was pretty big yeah that and girl, she had a big voice girl was big i'm trying to think of examples of people who were, i mean enrico caruso was not a gigantic person okay you know? fair enough yeah he was also lyric tenor yeah. Oh, you guys, you listeners who know like <laughs> singers very well, the history. Who's the smallest person with the biggest voice? Oh, that gay guy from that sang Wagner. Um, oh, that one. Yeah, no, back in the, back in the Nazi era, um, <laughs> Max something. Here we go. Yeah, or Joseph Schmidt. How about that? Joseph Schmidt, a Jewish. Mm-hmm. He uh, during the World War II era, he was like four nine or something like that. He was ridiculously <gasps> short. That yeah. is quite short. Yeah, but he had a huge voice. So weird. Interesting. So, interesting. Yeah, it's not always about size. So, it takes all kinds. Yeah, but not to say that Tau Pua <clears throat> does not have a huge voice. I'm sure he does. You know, the, the article as well that I read made a big deal about how he met uh, Kirite Kanawa mm-hmm. at a CD signing, and she kind of helped you launch mean a com- his a compact disc signing, not like a a signing that was like. CD like unsavory. Thank like, you. A compact, <laughs> a compact <laughs> CD. Disc that's how that's how Kiri rolls, man. She just like she, oh, yeah. she huffs glue. Yeah. Such a CD lady. Um, she smoked crack. Yeah. Uh, so he met Kiri, so, and um, she was like, "Why are you doing this? What, what's in this career for you?" And they met after he worked in New York for like seven or eight years at his career, mm-hmm. and and this article totally blew that. It's like, oh, by the way, he's been like eight years, kind of slugging it out in New York. Mm. Hello. I feel like if anybody slugs it out for seven or eight years, they will have some sort of success. Yeah, that's the thing that bothers me about like when people go on this, like America's Got Talent or something like that, and they mm-hmm. win, like the guy who sold cell phones was like Paul Potts or something like that. Like, right, right. Don't give me a break. Don't tell me that you just like were singing in your shower and that that's how you developed your your talent. Like, Agreed. no, you've been studying. Like, you don't just wake up and have an operatic talent. You know. No. No. Yep. You you work at. I it. mean, unless you're me, of course. Unless you're me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're pretty yende. I know the example about size <laughs> and and voice power. What is it? What is it? It's you, George. I'm not. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> George Cedarquist is barely five feet tall, and he weighs maybe ninety, you? 90 pounds. I'm like wet. three <laughs> times the size of George. <laughs> I think you would be surprised if they saw you. How? Because you're very good on the radio. I, I've actually I've been thinking about our show. And yeah. you have a great like radio voice, you yeah. know. I agree. Thank you. But you're you're mini. You're like pocket pocket size dad. What's gonna happen? Pocket when size. What's gonna dad. happen when your kids grow up and they they tower over be your you? They, they won't. Are you kidding me? Pocket My kids are dad. tiny. My daughter is four years old, and she is like, and she's like head five and shoulders okay. <laughs> below everyone else in her class. Okay. See, she's I was just, the giantess. You're just always. small people. Okay. You are you are the Gandalf, and I'm the Hobbit. So that's totally fine with me. Where is uh? human human civilization going is it going more short or going taller like what is how are we evolving oh i think we're evolving taller surely we have better diet uh longer life expectancy okay i want to say taller because then i won't feel as awkward okay (laughs) because i'm real tall okay 
Yeah, because I'm tiny. I'm I'm not. <coughs> I'm of lower than average height. But my whole family is like over six feet tall, except my grandma. She's man. Like what do they feed you in Lithuania? Yeah. All that smoke, talking about smoke fish. All yeah. smoke fish and vodka, man. Yeah. That's what okay. it is. That's what it just gives your kids right now. Smoke, smoke fish, fish and vodka. vodka. <laughs> my, my son has a bagel with locks okay. every single morning. But not what a sophisticated have, he have his teeth, kid. So, yeah. That's what my grand. That's what his grandma. That's what my mom said. What She's like, God, my mother's English, you know, so everything she says is vaguely dismissive. Of course. Uh, I'll she's, say, like, I'll, she's like Dame Maggie Smith. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Dame Edna. <laughs> Hello, possums. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Uh, oh, I, I, grew up on, I grew up on Dame Edna. <coughs> hey, look, pretty Yende. First of all, I love this name. Yeah. Second of all, she sounded like a million bucks on that Stephen Colbert thing. That's the sort of thing, Oliver, I By never would have By the way, she sang the Cabaletta from Unavoche Pocophon, not the Cavatina. So I don't know where you got Zing. that. Zing? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Got me, man. <laughs> That's why I was like, she yeah. didn't have that much time. Yeah. No, but she, so- she sounded great. Yeah. I just, I was surprised to see opera on the Colbert show. This is what I'm, I'm happy about, that like Stephen Colbert is like really into the arts like he's sung on broadway like he loves sondheim and like he has like misty copeland on his show he has that dancer that was american and the russian bolshoi op bolshoi ballet like he really yeah. cares about things he yeah. understands that these are you know big moments in the fine arts and to have pretty yende on the show singing rossini of all things you know on the same episode that Oprah Winfrey was on, what a great audience. I mean, the, she probably sang to more people that one night than she did in all of her career leading up that to this. That is so thing. true. That's amazing. And it took TV to do it. I yeah. Mean, God bless Oprah. Yeah. She, Stephen Colbert also had on uh, renowned author and mathematician Eugenia Cheng, who oh, has wow. a mathematician on their TV show. Stephen Colbert does because he's yeah. an educated, intellectual Much Northwestern. Man. Go Cats. Raw. Thank you. He, who, he's, Colbert is basically fascinated by those things which he doesn't understand. And that's, that's like the leading principle for him. And this is clearly one of those things. Like, appreciates opera, probably doesn't understand the finer points of it, was blown away by her. I mean, she was promoting an album, right? That's well, why she's she also singing uh, Rosina at the Met, I believe, right now. So Yes, that's exactly right. She's, uh, and that's where she made her Met debut a couple of years ago. Cool. She made her debut at the Met. Awesome. <laughs> that is to say, I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good place to make your Met debut if you're going to do it. <laughs> but, but it was in a Rossini opera. It was in okay. Le Comte Ori. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was the mm-hmm. Comtesse mm-hmm. something, Thoroughville or something like that. So. Was that the Juan Diego Flores? It could have been him, yeah. But production. now there's a lot of times that sing that now. So, like, yeah. Lawrence so Brownlee, John Osborne. Gregory Kunda. I've, di- I've directed the trio of that opera. Very, very sexy trio. It's wonderfully sexy. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Once Brownlee is short, he's pretty short, and he yes. has a bigger voice. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if he has... I mean, it's a lyric voice. It's not. A, we're talking about like, like... Are we talking like I big... think when we sing, we Sorry. say big voice, I think we're thinking like that sing heroic roles, like Rodimus or okay, like... Okay, okay, I know, apologize. Heldon but he yeah. is quite Yeah, small. but he's he's a little guy. Yeah, Sorry. What's next? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know if you guys have any other things. That, I'm always fascinated by the European opera scene, of course. Um, Drink. For example, this, this article about Pierre Audi, who's a Seven fantastic day? director. So, yeah, so the show by. Um, I think it's called Auslicht, not Licht. Auslicht, yeah, yeah, yeah. And each each of the operas is just a day. So it's like Montag aus Licht. Okay, so Dienstag it's a seven-day show. Licht. How many hours is it That's actually? Is it like 90 hours or something? It's, it's, it's mega. Uh, okay. And part of it 
The Thursday installment, Donnerstag aus Licht, was done in Basel, directed by a friend of mine. Uh, and the, the Stockhausen Foundation tried to put the kibosh on it. And we're like, we don't believe this production is being interpreted in the right way. And it I, was the Stockhausen, like, like, like their people? Their people. I thought it was like just people petitioning in general. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm complaining two different things okay. here. The production in Basel, okay. directed by my friend, the Stockhausen okay. Foundation okay. got on that. Here... At Dutch National Opera, some audience members think this is a very, like, self-indulgent thing. Here's the quote from them. They say, This megalomaniac, expensive project seems to be a farewell gift for the departing intendant Pierre Audi. There is a lot of opposition from opera lovers, music journalists, and opera critics. The complaints focus on the elitist selection of the project, the costs, and the person of Karl Heinz Stockhausen. Huh. That's their beef. I don't see how that adds up at all. I think this is a very important piece. And I think if you're Pierre Audi, you want to go out with a bang. You want to do something epic that's not Wagner. You want to do something epic that's not Berlioz. This is the perfect piece. It does. It, it's complex. There's a lot of moving parts to it. I don't know if that has to be expensive necessarily. So I just, I just totally disagree with it. Plus... I just feel like the Danes are more, uh, um, excuse me, the Danes, the, the Dutch, are a little more tolerant than that. Can you just can't, explain what the show, sorry, I don't know the show or what this is. So can It's just, just, it's it's a, it's a seven-part opera okay. done on seven different days of the week. In order. In Monday, order, okay. yes. Each piece is like four, six hours long. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, it's Stockhausen, right? So the music is atonal. It would be like a helicopter as part of it or something like that. Yeah. Oh That's exactly right. Yeah. One of the segments exhausting. has this has this cellist playing in a helicopter. Uh-huh. And on paper that sounds indulgent, but like when are you going to see that again? I mean, that's what I said. Like if you not, if you can't do it in Holland, where are you going to do it? Thank you. Know? Sounds exhausting. I mean, yeah. Maybe uh, the United Emirates or something like that. <laughs> like some really rich oil yes. person who loves yes. Stockhausen. You yes, know? exactly. Yeah, it sounds interesting, but it sounds yeah. like a, a commitment that I would have to like set aside. Hey, lastly, uh, Jonas Kaufman, back oh, he comes. Oh, we're skipping over Dutch, I mean, the Danish opera? Yeah, let's skip that. Okay, Sven. Okay. Bye, Sven. <laughs> Bye, Sven. Bye, Sven. They were always complaining in Jonas. Denmark. Back to Jonas Kaufman, because he's in... Well, because we've been hounding on this guy for months now, and finally he says he's coming back. Jonas Kaufman, yeah. And in Ton- or Lohengrin. Lohengrin. Of all things. What's wrong with you, man? It's like you just your vocal cords just stop bleeding, <laughs> and you're going to sing Lohengrin so for those in like you, two weeks? Um, Jonas Kaufman announced his return to opera with Corriere della Sera. So you have to be able to speak Italian or read Italian to understand this article. Yeah. Um, Drink. But apparently... <laughs> yeah. 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 But apparently his, his chords were bleeding. And that's why uh, he quit for four months. He was on vocal rest. It was for I think it was for medication. So I did. I, I speculated on this. I found some information yeah. that he took from some your drugs mom. from my mother. My mother yeah. listened to the hi mom. Um, so I guess it's true. But to do this like right out right off the bat, yeah, I don't know. So basically, risky. his voice was having an abortion every. Every month, or this, shutting the uterine wall, or something like that. Shutting is that how you think? I'm not even. I'm not even going to go there. His, his, this his, is not his, that his throat was menstruating. Oh my goodness, dude! Oh my I just, God. You don't even understand. 
That's and lady not parts. Yeah. At least I'm well, married I to a woman. I have so my I like. Google alerts set to cancel out all information about <laughs> women. You don't even want to so. know, Oliver. You don't even want to know. It's really what it is. Actually, if you look at my Facebook page, I've set it up so there's no women in it at all. So. I believe that 100%. Although, look, if you're feeling very happy and chipper about life, yeah. have your wife uh, send you to the store for some pads. It will reduce you to like a no crying, no problem buying rat. feminine products at all. Really? Oh, my I God. God. I just walk right up there. Give them to me. I want extra thick or whatever. Like, <laughs> he goes like this, like a size of a football. I want it extra thick. Again, oh I don't think you know how this works. Okay, we're, we're, we're wrapping this show up right now. Thank you Good so much. Call. Bad call on Opera Box Score. Oh, my goodness. Take away that man's microphone. Uh, Alabama on top of Clemson, by the way, 17-7 in the national championship game. Uh, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. What happened? I don't know about Alabama. Dinah Fisher, do you have a good call or a bad call? You know, I'm just going to say my good call is Meryl Streep last night at the Yes. Because if you didn't listen to her speech, you can find it on everything, on every social media channel right now. Um, Go watch it. Listen to it. Uh, it was heartfelt. It was powerful. It was everything we wanted to say and more. And, and then chase it down with Michelle Obama's speech. From yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ever. She'll be left in tears, but yeah. good tears. So that's And then my... tomorrow is Barack Obama's speech. I know. And I'm missing it because I have opera rehearsal. Ah, you guys should all stop your rehearsal and watch it. I agree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the show must go on. Or something like Oliver that. Camacho. Good call. Bad call. Um, good call. Uh, Michael Chioldi baritone made it into the New York Times vows section, which is such a hard thing to get into in the first place. And they did like a whole page about his uh, meeting his husband and his wedding. And I think it's great for opera. I think it's great for the gays. And um, it's just generally great. It's awesome. Um, Eileen Perez, who is a Chicago native or Elk Grove Village native, uh, will be singing the role of Mimi mm-hmm. uh, this Saturday on the Met broadcast. So it's give it beautiful. up for our homegirl. Eileen Perez. Very nice. Uh, my good call is actually from one of our listeners. Ooh. Mark in Evanston reminds us that Lyric Opera's production of Bel Canto debuts on great performances uh, on, on PBS. On Friday. This right? Friday, yeah. January 13th. Nice. Check it out. Great cast. Anthony Roth Costanzo, Janiah Bridges. Uh, what's her name? Danielle Denise. <laughs> uh, what's that called? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great show. I saw it. And actually, that, that made the Vocal Arts Chicago... Uh, top 10 performances of 2016. Friday the 13th, y'all. That's it for this week's show. Our announcer is Norm Waddell. Visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S dot com. Amber Carter is our sound technician at WNUR. The programming director is Nick Anderson and the general manager is Brock Stussy. Our theme song is Vodka Inferno written and performed by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. On Facebook and Twitter, search for Opera Box Score. Like our Facebook page, share and comment on our posts, and tweet us at Opera Box Score. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hey, look, give us 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on iTunes. It's the cheapest, it's the fastest way to promote our show. The creative consultant for Opera Box Score is Oliver Camacho. For Dinah Fisher, I'm George Cedarquist, asking you to continue the conversation about opera by any means necessary. We're back next Monday night at 9 Central with more headlines and our hot takes on them. Be there. Street Beat is up next with DJ Joe and DJ Steve. This is WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, Chicago's sound experiment.